You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. Breakout star, entrepreneur, and best-selling author, Taja V. Simpson's journey hasn't always been easy, but it's been worth it. And she has gone on to land some very impressive roles. And as an award-winning actress, she has over 20 years of experience in acting with more than 50 credits and film and TV. Perhaps best known for playing Priscilla Owen in BET's number one scripted cable drama, Tyler Perry's The Oval. And she has appeared in Grey's Anatomy, NCIS LA, The Soul Man, and Lethal Weapon, just to name a few. But Taja is widely known for her role as the fun and sassy wife opposite of legendary actor and director Tyler Perry in Boo 2, A Medea Halloween. But through this success, she launched her own endeavor, the Working Actors Academy, which helps advise up-and-coming actors. And she created this academy to help show actors how the business works, a skill that isn't shown or taught really anywhere else. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's welcome the wonderfully talented and the beautiful Taja V. Simpson to the show. Welcome. Well, thank you. Oh my, let me, hold on, let me take a moment. Something about when someone else says it. <laughs> what an amazing intro. Thank you so very much. Well, you're very, very welcome. And I want to ask you this because how has your life changed by being on one of cable TV's most popular shows, The Oval? Oh, man, that changed the complete trajectory of my life and as well as my family's life. Um, my mother will say she prayed for it. My mother will say that because she's been a Tyler Perry fan since he was doing plays. She and her friends would travel and whatever the nearest city was, they would go see Medea, honey. They had to see Medea. And she used to always say to me, I just feel like if Tyler Perry could see you, you, he, I'm telling you, you would, that would really put set you apart. Like you would make it if Tyler Perry would see you. And back then I'd be like, okay, ma, I'm trying to just get regular work, but sure. Okay. Um, and then Tyler Perry saw me and you know, the rest, as they say, is history. So it's changed me mentally. It's changed. Uh, it's allowed me to be able to grow in ways that I didn't even know that I could because he moves so fast. For those of you who don't know, we shoot over a hundred pages a day. And the normal amount of pages that you may shoot in a regular Hollywood production could be anywhere between five and eight. And I stretch in it. We do 100. <laughs> so because of that, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could learn that amount. I didn't know I could do 25 scenes in one day. I didn't know, not that I try to live in myself, but I'd never tried it. So now that I've been on this show and I know that that's the norm, it allows me to stretch in ways that I've never done before. Now I really do believe I can do anything. <laughs> well, let me ask you this because, you know, what is it actually like to work with Tyler Perry and to know that you're going through a hundred pages is that more of a budget saving situation or he just knows how to push the actors to the absolute limit, not to wear them, wear them, wear their, wear them out, but actually to uh, make them better. Yes. I think primarily it's his style started from a budget saving standpoint. It was 
you know, he got a, let's say a network came on or, you know, production company like, okay, we'll give you X amount of dollars to do a season. It's like, oh, that, that's not a lot of money for a full season. How can we shoot this in a way to still be able to give our deliverables of a full season? And that's how it started. And then it became, it began to just be his way. So now when actors come on, it's like, you know, you're shooting, if you, if you're coming and you're recurring on our, on our show. And if you're not in any scenes with me, I may not even see you because you shot all your stuff in one day. <laughs> and I wasn't in those scenes. So I wasn't at that location, you know, and then I'll watch the show and like, oh, I remember seeing them. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, great. Maybe in hair and makeup or something, but it's not like your typical thing where you go in on a Monday, Tuesday, you have a table read, you know, then you have a wardrobe fitting later that day or the next day. And then you start sh shooting the show a little by little each day for a week, week and a half. Absolutely not. He shoots out locations. So he shoots um, kind of like merging a soap and a film. In a film, you're going to go and shoot out a location. If a location is going to be at Sam and Priscilla's house, we're going to do everything in Sam and Priscilla's house. We're going to do upstairs, downstairs, day, night, and wardrobe is there waiting on set. So you literally have little tents in the rooms that we're not using where they go and your wardrobe is set up. You like do a quick Beyonce change, we call it. <laughs> you know, a quick <laughs> artist change real quick. And you come out and there's readers with you. Now the readers are your lifesaver. You get a read, he has like five or six readers there all day and their job is to make sure you're ready. So when I get off of one scene, I go and I'm changing and my reader that I already have on me for the day, I'm like, okay, great, let's go. Hey, okay, what's going on? And I'm, I'm just saying the lines, just getting it in me because I'm moving now to a completely different moment in time for Priscilla Owen. And then I'm changing clothes and then you're just standing there and everybody's fixing your hair, fixing your makeup, fixing, you know. Well, well, really well, let me ask you this because, yeah. all right, all right, because this is going to be great because <laughs> you're on the Oval and then you did a movie with Tyler Perry playing opposite, you were playing his wife in uh, Medea Halloween. So right. let's, so with the oval, all right, let's say uh, they're shooting your scenes, you know, upstairs, downstairs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is this a one camera production or do they do multiple shots for the oval? This is a three camera production at all times. Yeah. Wow. That's cameras at all times. Yeah. So what was it like to work with him on the Oval, but then go to a feature film setting to work with him? Was there anything that was actually different between the two? Or was he following the same line of thought like what he does with the Oval? 100 it's, pages a day. Yes. It's, well, it's, it's split up. A little, movies are shot a little differently. Movies are done in like five days instead of like 25, right? Um, but movies are also going to be not as many pages. Movies are 90 pages, right? Because a minute, the rule of thumb is a minute, a page, 90 minutes minimum is a feature. So if he does, you know, a movie that's kind of broken out into five days, max five, six days is probably going to be the max. So it's a little bit different in that regard. We're doing like 25 pages a day versus a hundred, but you're still running at a hundred pages. I mean, you're still running at three cameras at all times. When I did boot two, that was actually first. And I'm with, you know, Tyler and all of his characters. So I'm with uncle Joe, I'm with Medea, you know, the people that he kind of becomes. So we'll shoot a scene with him as Brian. And then he has to go change and he has to do a quick change himself and become Medea, come back, do the scene again with Medea, quick change. He has to come back, come back, do the scene again with Joe. And then when they do the movie magic of editing, it all comes together and everyone's sitting in the room at the same time. 
Uh, <laughs> so, and it's so funny. I remember being a kid watching like Professor Clump and all of that and how Eddie Murphy would play all these different characters. And I used to be like, wow, how do they do that? <laughs> now I know. <laughs> wow. You know, it's, I love listening to the stories of what happens behind the scenes of a TV <laughs> series or a movie, because I think you know, movie fans and, and TV watchers, they can learn so much more. So when they actually watch a production, they're like, oh, so that's what's really going on to put that together. I just love the backstory of that. So let's talk about your backstory a bit, because I love the fact that your mother had the vision. She spoke it forth. You said she <laughs> prayed for it to happen. So I love that when, you know, sometimes we just kind of want to shove our, parents off to the side when they say right. things because it's either embarrassment or maybe their vision is so large that we can't mm -hmm. comprehend that size of those words. Like, you know, Tasha, you're, you're, you know, Tyler Perry's going to hire you. You know, that's, that's like shocking when you're not even close to that. But then mm -hmm. when it happens, you're like, wow, thanks mom. You know, you, you got a direct line to God there. So appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, no. Wow. You hit the nail on the head there because that is 100% true. And that's exactly what happened with me. When I was born, my mom used to call me her chocolate star, right? <laughs> she would always say, you're my chocolate star. You're going to be my stardom baby. And I'd be like, I don't even know what that really means as a kid. I'm like, okay, whatever. And my mom would, you know, pump all these great positive things into me, but I had really low self-esteem at the time. So Anytime my parents are telling me I'm beautiful or I can do this, I can do whatever, I'd be like, oh, well, you have to say that you're my parents because that's not what I'm getting when I go out into the world. When I go to school, when I go to anywhere outside of my home, that, that's not what I'm getting. So if you're only getting it from two people in the world that's saying, I believe in you, you can do this, you're amazing, you're wonderful, you're beautiful, that's not enough as a kid. So you're right. She, she did have the foresight to think bigger, dream bigger, that I didn't even really realize. And I was always being like, oh, okay, well, okay, Tyler Perry, I know, I know, like, okay, whatever. I'm just trying to get, like I said, consistent work. Um, and now in hindsight, I'm like, wow, I didn't, I now know I did not have, you know, the belief in myself. I did not have any of that. All the while she's trying to help me, you know, build my self-esteem and become, learn more about self-love. I didn't get into any of that until I got much older and understood the value of it. And so now I can stand it, stand in my truth. Now I'm the best version of myself as I am today and then will be even better tomorrow and so forth. But it took a long time to really be able to get here. So now when I say I can dream bigger, I do, because I didn't always believe that I could. Well, let's, let me, I want to kind of go into your little, to your backstory a bit. You grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and I understand that you are no stranger to racism, but you even dealt with racism in your own family. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, racism and colorism were really big things that I dealt with on a daily basis because I was a dark skin. So growing up in Louisiana in general at that time, the culture of Louisiana was all about the brown paper bag. And the brown paper bag test is if you're darker than the brown paper bag, then you're not really you know, afforded different social norms. You're treated very differently because you're so dark, right? And so, yes, I got that, like I said, any anywhere outside of my house, where I went to school, I went to church, down the street, I couldn't play with kids down the street for me because I was too dark. But it was a normal thing. It was, you know, like the mom of one of the kids would let her son come out and play with us, or me specifically. If I was out there, she'd be like, okay, well, you gotta come in before your daddy get home because I don't want him to see you hanging out with the darkies. You know, like it was a, 
it was a real thing. But this is like normal conversation. It's not like, well, that's insulting. It was for me, but the way people would speak about it was just normal life. So it's almost like watching a movie in a period piece realm, right? So I really want to paint the picture for that. So when inserted my family member, my aunt, who would always, you know, she called me Ia, she called me ugly thing. Ia meaning like Ia, Ia, like Ia. And she would always say, Ia, she's black. Ia, get off me. Ia, move away. Ia. Now she would do these things from a jovial standpoint, from a joking standpoint, because in the South, everybody had a nickname, right? Mine just happened to be so demeaning. Mine just happened to be what really almost like, you know, that was just the worst ever for me growing up. And so every time I was around her, it, it took a lot. I would always be crying because she would always say these things. My parents tried to get her to stop and all these things. And But she, I don't know if she knew the, how should I say, how much that was going to affect me after I grew up, <laughs> how much that stayed with me because I got it everywhere and she was the absolute worst, you know? So I had to learn to get over that. I had to learn to work through that because it was, that was a lot to be able to deal with. And my only little safe space at the time when I was a kid was my bathtub. And my bathtub was when I would sit there because it's just me and God. And I would sit there and I would pray, but my prayer would be so earnest. You know, I'd, I'd really pray for her to like me. I would pray and ask God if he can just make me the shade of brown that's in between my knuckles because your knuckles are darker, but if just do it like the shade that's in between because I don't want to make it too drastic and then people will notice and then that becomes a thing and then they tease me about that. But if you could, but I, I just really earnestly felt like as a six year old, seven year old child that if you could just make me a little lighter, that would fix everything because in my world, the lighter you were, the better you were, the world loved you, the world appreciated you, the world valued you. Well, don't you see Hollywood, <laughs> but, but don't you see Hollywood still playing that game? I mean, oh, some. I yeah, mean, when you look at, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of some actresses right off the hand, but you know, like like Beyonce, she's she's the light, she's a lighter shade of the brown paper bag, like like you said, you know. Right. So with that skin color, most likely, you think that Hollywood looks towards that versus those that are much darker in skin color because they're looking for what, a happy medium when it comes to a TV or a movie role? Yes, depending on the role. If it's a lead, yes, absolutely. If it's a, a friend, then you have a better chance. But I did a movie called My Online Valentine where I was the lead and I was the it was a romantic comedy and I was the one where the guys were vying for my love and my affection and my attention. And that was a really big deal. It came out independently through AMC. And that was a really big deal because people were like, oh my God, I've never seen a dark skinned girl in this kind of role. Oh my gosh, that was only a few years ago. Issa Rae came out with a movie called The Photograph. And it was again, another like romantic comedy and she was the lead and black Twitter went crazy on that too, just because it was like, oh my God, fi yes, finally we get to see this. You know, I, <coughs> excuse me, I absolutely see it. I used to see it all the time. I used to see it when, you know, even more so just coming up in this industry for as long as I've been in it. Now, has it gotten better? Sure. Does it have a still a ways to go? Absolutely. But I do see, see more of black women, all shades, even darker hues, like a Viola Davis, you know what I mean? Like on television, in a leading lady role. That's, that's very helpful. Because now I feel like we have to change the mindset of people when they see darker skinned women, especially because I believe darker skinned women at the, as, as it relates to women, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. It's like you have all your, you, you, I, I believe it starts here. And then as you keep going, you'll have black women and then dark skinned women are going to be even further than just 
black women or ethnically ambiguous women or the lighter skinned woman you're talking about, right? They, uh, you know, when, when you first came on, none of those thoughts ever entered my mind, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. You're perfect. <laughs> I mean, well, thank you. You know, and so, you know, so, but I do know Hollywood has a very weird way. Um, so let me kind of jump to that a little bit because I want to go back to your story. But has diversity really changed in Hollywood? And what types of changes, what types of changes would you like to see happen? Well, changes definitely happen. We see a lot more brown people in television in general. I mean, even with black women, there's a bunch of different shows that are out now. There are, um, there's one on Amazon, it's called Harlem. There's one, um, what is it, the girls, I forget, it's on Stars. who uh, run the world, yeah, girls. Um, there's, of course, Insecure that was on. Um, there's so many different shows. There's First Wives Club, there's, there's a bunch of them now that we can actually tap into and see real real stories about black women or or black men johnson on on bounce television there's different things that are out now so yes yes there's definitely been some change there's definitely been some diversity because there was a time as we know that you hardly got any of that right yeah um, but did you notice what it what to me because it was kind of weird you know when when the uh the tv series came out blackish i was mm. thought that is a really odd name for a show, because <laughs> I'm like, okay, are you celebrating black culture or are you whitewashing it a bit? Mm -hmm. You know. And I think I think the show. So what was your what is your thought on that when you first you know hear the title and then you're looking at the show and let's just say the the shade is very light. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I didn't I didn't really watch a lot of the show, number one. However, to answer your question, when it first came out, I definitely was intrigued because I was like, well, what? But what is this? Blackish? I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know. But it almost felt like, you know, when you have that title of something that's a clickbait that makes you want to watch it, makes you want to tune in. Now, the various clips that I've seen along the years that it's been on, yes, it feels like it deals with both of them, both sides of the coin, right? But again, I haven't been a regular watcher to really give a valued opinion on that, so I don't know. However, okay. from the outside looking in, yeah, everyone on the show is is definitely lighter skin, you know. I but again, I don't watch the show enough to know what that's well, really all about. Let's let's get back to the important thing, you. So Yay. How did you make your way out of Lake Charles, Louisiana, to get to Hollywood? Come on, come on. <laughs> well, it all started when I was seven years old. My family drove down from Lake Charles, Louisiana to California. We went to Disneyland. <laughs> we went to Disneyland on like a family trip. And it was at that moment, I swear to you, at seven years old, I was like, I... I have to live here. This is the happiest place on earth now. Granny, I'm at Disneyland, but still. But I something about California always pulled me here, always wanted me to, I always wanted to come back. I, as I grew up, I did not know it was going to be for acting because initially I wanted to be an attorney. I went to, I did not go to law school, but I graduated with, um, I ended up switching from from um, poli sci because that was a little too analytical for me. Um, once I got into it, I was like, I don't know that this really works with my personality. And I switched with that to mass communication, broadcast journalism, i.e. the countdown. Um, so I did that and then that allowed me to get into acting because I was like, I kind of want to I want to try this. I grew up as a kid, like watching movies and acting out the whole thing. Like I could watch a movie and if it came on again, I all of a sudden just remembered everything. I don't know why, but I did. Well, I which, well, I know that you worked in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. So what station did you work for? 
I didn't work in Houston. I worked in Lake Charles. I worked at Fox and NBC affiliates in Lake Charles, KPLC and, and Fox, yeah. Ah, okay. So, you know, being a reporter, there's a little bit of acting there in there a way. Is. So was was that a an avenue there that kind of planted that acting bug to say, hey, I'm, I want to try acting? I think the bug was planted much earlier on, but I didn't realize it because when I when I started being a reporter and I'm in the field and I'm, you know, giving my news story and crafting all these news stories and things, um, there was this but there was like this still small voice, this little, you know, sitting on my shoulder being like, hey, you should try acting. Hey, hey, hey. And it kept bothering me, if you will. And so finally, I took up some courses in Houston and I got in and um, I excelled. And at the end of this the program, I won like the most awards that anyone ever won in this casting director's program. And and I was like, OK, I'm, I'm this. This is it. Like, I'm on to something here. Right. And then I went back to him again and I took another course and he's like, yo, you have it. I think you need to be in L.A. And I'm like, oh, that's great because I've always wanted to go there. <laughs> And so it wasn't until I graduated college and really started pursuing it that I was really like, yeah, this is something I want to do. I think, let me let me just try my hand at it and see. I've always kind of done it as a kid. I've enjoyed it along the way, but nothing I really pursued. There was nothing in Lake Charles, Louisiana at the time to cultivate the skill set of a young kid wanting to be an actor, you know. Um, so I decided to jump in and I did when I moved here. Within like, I think three or four months, I got an agent and it's been a slow and steady road since then. Well, when did you feel that you had made it in Hollywood? Made it? Oh, I think I think making it is, is levels. I think my first level of making it was when I was on Grey's Anatomy. That was like, oh, you made it. Okay. Everybody's like, oh my God, you're on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Okay, so you're an actor for real. <laughs> like, okay, you do this. I think the next level of making it was when I was in theaters across the country in Butu. Because something about a movie theater experience is different for people. Um, it's a different connection they have with you because they have to leave their home. They go buy popcorn. They go with their family and friends. And they sit back in this, in this massive room with this, you know, big theater screen that you can't get anywhere else. So that was a different piece. And then lastly would be, obviously, doing Tyler Perry's, you know, The Oval. Now I'm having a different relationship. Betty White said this perfectly. She said, when you go into the homes of people every day, they feel like they know you. It's like this, this certain little connection they have with you. And that's very true, because out of everything that I've done, I mean, out of all of my fans, this is the one role that everyone is really holding on to. Like, people feel like they really know me. You know, I get messages like, Priscilla, I just want to let you know you should really give Sam another shot. And I'm like, thank you. I'm Taja, and I have to do what they write. So thank you, though. You know, like... <laughs> well, that's funny, because that's what I was going to ask you, because when you're seen out in public... <clears throat> Do people call you out by your character's name? Yeah. Yeah. Priscilla. I'm like, oh my God, it's Priscilla. Oh my God, it's Priscilla, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, we were in Walmart one time. And I, I mean, I don't even know where these people came from. That It was so quick. I walked in and I was getting like one of those little, little cloths to like clean up off the buggy or whatever, like disinfectant wipes to clean off the buggy. And I turned around and they were right there. And I was like, how did you even see me this fast? You know, and they were like, sorry, we just love you so much. Can my wife get a picture with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. And in my brain, I'm like, ooh, praise God, I look okay. Cause sometimes I just go out and have a hat on and like look whatever. And uh, I was like, how did you even recognize me in a mask? Like, I'm just like, wow, but they know you by your eyes. Like, yeah, we can tell by your eyes. And I was like, wow. Okay, so, yeah. Well, 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 what was it like for you the first time somebody came to you for an autograph? 
Oh man, that was that was that's a great question. That was a little surreal. I was like, oh, you oh you want my oh yeah sure. <laughs> Try to play it off on the inside. Of course I do this all the time. Yeah okay. <laughs> I turn to my friend and I'm like, and then I do my thing and I thank you. No thank you. Yeah okay. And I, I'm like, oh my god, I wrote my autograph. It was just crazy. You know, it's like wow, you really follow me and you know who I am and you want this. This is. It's, it's all still really weird to me sometimes, you know, all my people, yeah. everyone around me is like, Taja, you're, you're a celebrity. And I'm like, right. Okay. Got it. <laughs> like, it just To, to me, like, having somebody come up for an autograph or, or nowadays it's coming up for a selfie to right. me, that's almost that little point where you feel that you've made it, especially with the fans. And, you know, but of course, some say that uh, maybe it's a particular uh, TV role or a movie role that once they landed that, then they felt that they have made it. And yeah. but you have covered the spectrum. And <laughs> I mean, but not only that, you're also an entrepreneur in more than one thing. So mm -hmm. but you've launched your own acting academy, the Working Actors Academy. Tell us about yeah. that. Ah, that is my baby. I love it so much. Okay. I created the Working Actors Academy out of necessity. I, every, because my celebrity, if you will, have been, you know, kind of advancing and growing. The more and more things I'm on, the more and more times, more and more times I'm inundated in my inboxes on various different platforms being like, hey, how I get started? Hey, would you mind helping me? Everyone's always asking all these different types of questions. And so I found myself trying to help as many people as I could. It started with, yeah, sure, let me just give you, let's set up a call. You know, I set up a call with somebody and we talk for an hour, but they don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like, actors access and you need this. And they're like, what? Like, what is all of this? Um, so then I was like, let me put an email together. So I put an email together. And when someone would reach out, I'd be like, hey, here's the email. Read everything. Call me when you have questions. And then we do that. That was a little bit more helpful. Um, then from there, I did a book, Cracking the Acting Code, a practical step-by-step -step guide to becoming a professional actor. That did well. But then now, the more I grow, the more and more people are asking me. And, and I, for a while, I was like, is this, should I do something with this? Because people keep asking me, like, the demand is there. So maybe I should supply them with what they're asking. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I did. I decided, you know, to go ahead and just jump in. And that's where the Working Actors Academy was created. So it's going to be for that that actor who's starting off or that actor's in the business. They've been in it for maybe a while, and they don't know how to get their relationship to the next level. We call it leveling up. Um, it's going to cover it's going to cover your mindset a shift that's really big because if you don't believe you can you won't but if, right. if you think you can or you think you can't you will period whatever <laughs> you know it's a lot of things i tell my students if you fight for your limitations you will win Ooh, i love yeah. that i love yeah. it. but you know what <clears throat> as you're talking something popped in my head yeah. and you know it goes back to your mother saying you're you're going to work with tyler perry and and, and talking big talking big dreams into you, then you do work with Tyler Perry. You're doing TV, you're doing film, you're doing all of these things. And you're even in, <clears throat> in your bathroom at seven years old, even praying. Mm -hmm. The Lord gives you all of this. And then you create this working actors Academy for you to take what he gave you to give to somebody else. And I just think that's just fantastic. Thank you. I, you know, I really, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. I just had one of my students reach out yesterday and she said, thank you for your obedience in creating this platform and actually being here for us because 
one of the great things about the Working Actors Academy, yes, we're going to be there. We're going to teach you all the things that no one's teaching you in school. We're going to help you be successful in the business, how to get an audition, how to self-tape, understanding, knowing your type, knowing who you are. There's so much you need to learn about the different styles and tones of acting, the different genres of acting. All of that is different. How to even get an agent. There's so much we can cover. But then also there's a community there. So we've also created a community of like-minded individuals who wants to say, hey, I'm in this too. I'm in the trenches with you. Let's build and grow together. So that's one of the things I always tell my actors. They're like, well, will you have time for this? I'm like, yeah, let's build and grow together. Absolutely. That the, the higher I grow, I want to bring you guys with me. The more information I want to give you because no one's giving you information. That's the thing about this industry is everything is hush, hush, hush. But I just don't believe in that. I believe in helping people as much as you can. And all of my businesses are about that, is about helping others. So now that I've learned this, I want to help you. You know, just pay it forward. I love that. <laughs> just just recently, I interviewed Steve Pemberton. And mm -hmm. you may know who Steve is. He, I mean, friends with Oprah, Michelle Obama, the list goes on and on. And he wrote a book called Lighthouse Effect. And okay. you are the perfect example of that. You are a lighthouse that is shining mm -hmm. upon other people to help guide them in the areas of acting. And, yeah. and of course, with that, that leads to giving people confidence and courage. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I mean, and then even for you, how many auditions did you have to go <clears throat> through till you started landing some of these bigger roles? Oh, ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you lost count? <laughs> <laughs> a lot, lot, lot. I don't know. I don't know. A plenty. But that's the thing that I, I just did a free acting workshop the other day, last Thursday, I believe. And one of the things I talked about was getting out of your own way. And one of the questions one of the students came in was, you know, she was afraid. She was afraid of even all these self-tapes and, and all these things. And, and, that, and that's the thing. I'm like, if you don't believe it, it's not going to happen for you. I can only want this for you for so much, but you have to do the work, which is why the Working Actors Academy is an online platform. You go at your own pace. Like, it's, it's not live, and I didn't want it to be live because I feel like if it's live, then you can, if you miss the class, you miss the class. That's how things normally are, right? You miss it, you miss it, you can't make it. But it's online. Once you become a member, it's $97 a month. It's, like, super affordable. That's the other thing. I wanted to make it really affordable for actors. When you're starting out, you don't have money. You don't have $5,000 to go give. You don't. I remember struggling having to pay for this acting course, trying to pay for it. And it was like $600 a month. That was my rent, right? I was like, what? That was more than my portion of my rent. But I'm trying to work. But then I, you, you, you can't really be creative in that space. What I've learned for myself and as creatives, when you are struggling, and you're struggling not only financially, but mentally, because you're trying to do this over here to go do this. Okay, now I'm going to go to my acting class. Okay, I got to leave here because I got to get this audition done. I got to go to work. I got, like, you, you can't really create. You can't really be where you need to be. You know what I mean? So I'm like, it's going to be online. It's seven modules. You can watch each one over and over again. You go at your own pace. It's only $97 a month. It's there for you. If you want to be successful, the Working Actors Academy can help get you there. Well, what's the website address for that? Theworkingactorsacademy.com. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. that, that made it easy. <laughs> well, for all of you watching and for all of you listening, if you have the acting bug, you want to know what it's about and to learn the industry, you need to go to the workingactorsacademy.com. So check that out. But Taja, I want to ask you something. This is a fun question for you. Okay. So if you were to choose the ultimate leading man that you would like to act the opposite of in a movie, who would it be? 
The Rock. Really? The Rock. <laughs> I say that because The Rock is just the most likable person like in the world. Because I don't want to do like something with action with him, right? Something like that. Now, there's so many different actors that I love as a leading man. Probably Tom Hardy, if it's like you're, you're looking at like from a thespian standpoint. Love Tom Hardy, um, Denzel, Tom Hanks, like all these greats. Yes, of course. But if I can do a nice, fun movie with someone that I can like talk to, we can work out together, we can talk business together, and we can have fun and go create a movie, oh, that'd be the rock. The well, you know, it's funny because as you're, as you're saying that, the thought in my mind is I'm hoping that The Rock comes out with a sequel to Rampage because oh, that is a perfect action movie for you to play opposite of him. Let's do it. We're going to put that out to the universe starting right now. And so it is. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get that big billboard up there on Sunset Boulevard so that way he can see it when he drives by, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> now, don't you have a skincare line? Um, hair care. Hair care. Mm -hmm. What's that hair about? Care. What's yes. that about? So it's called Taj Hair Growth. And again, something that happened to me and now I'm like, I'm going to help others. <laughs> uh, because I'm in this industry and we a lot is done to our hair all the time with a lot of heat being put on it and things like that. I started to, my hair started to shed, started to break off and my edges started to kind of leave me. And I was like, I'm way too young not to have edges, right? <laughs> That's a real thing when your edges or your temple hair is very fine and it doesn't really grow. And that was never a problem for me. So I started to look up um, various different like natural things that I could use to put in my hair to make it better. And I found what was called, at the time I called it Taj's tonic. It was like a hair tonic. And I used it and it grew all my hair back. It grew all my friend's hair back. I gave it to people who had alopecia, it grew their hair back. I even was like, let me give this to my dad. He's been suffering from male pattern baldness for over 25 years. Like half of his head's growing back in now. Um, so then I just started sharing it with more and more people because I wanted to just help people. They were like, can I, can I pay you for it? No, just use it, just use it, just use it. And it was working. And so after a lot, about a two years of doing that, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to come out with the actual line. So it's called Taj Hair Growth and it's a hair growth stimulant. There's the tonic and there's also oil version and it's made for all hair types. So if you suffer from hair shedding, hair loss, you know, um, uh, male pattern baldness, alopecia, all those different things, you want thick, full, healthy hair, either again or in general, Tosh Hair Care can definitely help you for sure. All so right, well, well, I'm interested. What's the website for that? Yeah, TajHairGrowth.com. TajHairGrowth.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're thinning, thinning on top and look, I get so many emails from women that are complaining about hair loss. So you may need to check that out. And okay. so what is next for Taja V. Simpson? Ah, oh, great question. Well, next is Lola 2. I have a movie that I'm the lead in. I play a female boxer. Lola 1 did very well. It came out on Tubi. It was the most watched movie on Tubi when it came out. And so now Lola 2 will be coming out here in March. So I was really excited about that. That was a very challenging role because I had to, I said I wanted to do action and I had to. I had to learn how to box. <laughs> and so I was like, be careful what you ask for it. Now I had a lot of fun doing it, but it was the most taxing thing on my body and on my mental because I did not realize all that, you know, boxers went through in order to be phenomenal in the sport. Now, I loved watching it here and there, but not to the point where I've had to understand the psyche of a, of a boxer. Like, it's the most tiring thing ever. Um, but Lola was on this journey of trying to really find herself, and boxing 
gave her the confidence that she needed. So it was perfect for me to, because Lola, the character, was getting into it, as was Taja, the human. So, so we kind of did that together. But Lola 2 comes out in March. So that's the next thing that's on the horizon for me. All and then, right. of course, Tyler Perry's The Oval comes on every Tuesday night. Yeah, night. that's right. BET's the number BET. one cable drama on television. And, of course, we all know that Taja V. Simpson is Priscilla Owen. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. And for most of us, we know how to binge watch. So I'm sure yeah. that we can start with season one and keep going. And for those of you, like I said, if you have the acting bug and, and you need to just look at Taja herself, confident, she's got courage, she has vision, she has faith, everything that you have to have to step forward. So if you're interested in becoming an actor and want to know what it's about, check out the workingactorsacademy.com. Hey, and like she said, it's 97 bucks a month. So you can start anytime you want and get going with that. And who knows, there could be an Academy Award in your future. So speak it for that. Taja, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an Academy Award in your future. Well, thank you. And I wouldn't be surprised either because we're manifesting that as well. <laughs> oh, well, you know, where they, when they say, but two or more uh, agree in his name, but exactly. look out. So it will probably most likely happen. So Taja, <laughs> thank you so much for your, your valuable time and just sharing with us all of your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, your past, and uh, much success to you and everything that you touch. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. This has been wonderful. I appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome. So ladies and gentlemen, Taja V. Simpson from Tyler Perry's and BET's The Oval. And get ready because March is coming for Lola 2. You don't want to miss that. And as for me, stick around because I'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> <laughs>